Hi, my name is Maggie Hackett. And my name is Mary Frances Galandri. And you're listening to Between the Bookends, which is a weekly podcast series of the experiences of two young college writers, which are us. And for those of you who did, who missed, may have missed the previous two episodes, um, during the first episode we talked about why we write, and last week we discussed the writers who have inspired us. And for this episode, we are going to be discussing what's in a favorite book. So, on that note, I guess I will start off with um, some of my favorite books. I'm going to briefly go over some of the ones that um, we talked about in last episodes, but I'm also going to talk about some newer ones I just thought of that I'm like, wow, I read those books like so many times, I love them. So the first one, again, is Frankenstein, which is one of my favorites, it's a classic, by Mary Shelley. Um, basically about a scientist, you know, who creates a living creature from human dead body parts. And what I actually think really is really interesting about that is, um, well, not just, you know, stealing grave digging and digging up dead body parts, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, like it, it she kind of came up with like a sci-fi idea of how to, you know, reanimate dead material through electricity, which is really fascinating and kind of interesting for the time period as well. But also, uh, it's also interesting how since Frankenstein's been reworked so many different ways in modern times that people think that the monster's name is Frankenstein and that's not the case. It's Dr. Dr. Victor, Victor Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that always bugs me, but um, you know, people just don't know sometimes, so it's it's cool that, that that was actually the doctor. I don't know how that got mixed up like through the media so many times, but I guess they wanted to give the monster a name. Well, think about it. Even when you it's a Frankenstein costume, but it's the monster. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a common misconception. It's very interesting because yeah, it's he's just literally refer, he doesn't have a name. He's referred to as the monster in the book. And Frankenstein took on a mythology of its own. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's become as you've said, it's been reworked so many times. There's been so many versions, film versions and different versions. I mean, and then you took on like a comedic element such as in Young Frankenstein. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you did a comedic twist on something that's quite terrifying to be honest. Yeah. It is very interesting. And um another interesting part of the book is that Frankenstein, well, sorry, the Frankenstein monster was actually very gentle and wanted, he wanted nothing more than to be loved. And, you know, the scientist, Victor Frankenstein, wouldn't give that to him. He was disgusted by what he created and he wanted to try and destroy it or just somehow get rid of it. But it was, it was very interesting to kind of hear from the perspective of the underdog and I think I kind of like that, and you'll see that in a lot of the books I'm going for, which I actually noticed when I was talking about them, that I kind of like the story of the underdog, like, in their struggles. So, um, another book that I talked about last week was Watership Down, which is by Richard Adams, and um, I really liked it because um, it talks about the struggles of animals in a human world as they try to find and make a new home for themselves. Um, it's actually about rabbits. Um, so it's it's a very interesting odd little book because um, nobody really talks about rabbits or their lives and what they think. Unless it's Benicula. True. I want to read that one. I haven't Ooh. yet. Read that in grade school. We <laughs> had to read that. 
Was Ooh. that one like violent by any chance? It was creepy. I don't know about violent, but it was definitely kind of creepy. He was kind of a creepy little rabbit. I don't. Yeah. We read it for Halloween. I remember that. It was a weird, weird, weird book. Ooh. Yeah, but I thought Watership Down was actually pretty interesting because it kind of it talked about like you know rabbits having their own language and culture, and it was very anthropomorphizing of the animals. And um, I feel like um, Richard Adams did a very good job of trying to describe that um, in a really unique way. I mean, obviously rabbits probably uh, don't have like a culture system, but uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but it was very interesting and cool. Um, and it sometimes actually it was like really violent. Um, the way their home was destroyed was just awful. And I'll just leave that to you to read if you want to read the book. It's kind of disturbing actually what humans can do to, you know, a, a rabbit's home like that, and they wouldn't even think about it. They just think about it as land for property. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave that at that. Read that book. That's good. I like that he took on kind of almost an Orwell. I think I talked about this last week. He took on an Orwell style by just by taking on the animal's perspective, such as an animal farm. And I mm -hmm. think that's just, um, I mean, you have to be a good writer to do that. I think that's a it's tough. Very that's a tough thing to do. I really think. I mean, you have to be really talented, or it doesn't. It doesn't fall through. Yeah, I mean, animals don't speak our language. No. <laughs> but it's it's very interesting, especially from something like a rabbit. It's not like a dog, like where you can kind of tell more what they're thinking. You know, it's it's very different. So that was really cool. Um, another book that I discussed last week a little bit was The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and that was one of my favorites as well, by Victor Hugo. Um, I really liked that it was a tragedy, and um, again, hearing the perspective of like an underdog character who's kind of just watching from the world outside from a tower, and it's just a really, really strong book. And a more modern book um, that I read, well, kind of, not, uh, not really, I guess maybe. I don't know when it was written, but anywho, um, it's called Abduction by Rodman Philbrick and Lynn Harnett, and it's actually about a teenage boy and girl who experience these like strange symptoms of blacking out, and um, they work together to try and figure out what's happening to them in their town, um, and essentially it's about um, aliens, kind of. It's got that weird like they're getting abducted kind of thing going on and it's a very it's a inter it's an interesting book it's good for like you know like a teenager kind of read and it's quick and easy to read it's fun and there's also a lot of suspense and sci-fi elements which I really like and it, it was it was just a really cool book to read I've read it a couple times and I know from the reviews like some people didn't really like it but I don't know I guess it just depends on what you like and um I think it is geared more towards teenagers but it's a cool book I like it I would recommend it especially if you're into like sci-fi and like weird stuff because it's a really weird book there's always weird books and sometimes those are the best books that's true I like weird books and another animal related book you'll, you'll get a lot of these from me um I read a tons of times growing up is Black Beauty mm -hmm. by Anna Sewell um basically it's a story about um, a black horse in Victoria, Victorian England. Um, basically, the horse moves around from owner to owner, and um, it kind of talks about the hardships and, as well as like the happiness that the animal goes through, um, experiencing different homes and different jobs. And it was really groundbreaking for the time because 
it discussed animal rights and like a time when you know horse-drawn buggies were used and taxi cabs um, so it, it was just a really really cool book and again it takes on the perspective of the animal which is also cool to learn an animal that was used you know as a beast of burden essentially and White Fang was another one of my favorite books um, is by Jack London and he also wrote wrote Call of the Wild which me and Mary friend were discussing yeah. a little earlier yeah also a great book Both great books yeah <laughs> um, basically uh, growing up and still today wolves are one of my favorite animals because <laughs> they're very close to dogs and I'm definitely a dog person um, but it, it was very interesting because um, again it follows like the story of a, a wolf dog and all the struggles that he goes through um, and it, it also kind of expresses the violent worlds of both uh, animals and humans like what um, dogs and um, wolves well wolves essentially have to do for survival and humans too when they're in like a more hostile environment you know in the cold weather and uh, it also discussed some really interesting issues um, like dog fighting and baiting and um, things of that nature so I really enjoyed that book and I would recommend that too um, another book is The Metamorphosis which is a really weird little book but I would recommend it it's by Franz Kafka and it's actually about a traveling salesman who's a very ordinary man um, named Gregor Samza and he just wakes up one day as basically a giant cockroach and he doesn't realize it at first but um, he tries to like respond to his family when they're they're worried because he's late for work and um, eventually when he opens the door as this giant bug his family is absolutely terrified of him and disgusted by him and it's a very interesting book because it it follows the story of um, Gregor as he's going through this you kind of just hear his inner thoughts and um, just the struggles that he goes through he's basically trapped in this body not knowing why and um, he essentially becomes a burden to his family um, so it's uh, it's a very it's a weird book but it's very powerful and has a very strange ending that I didn't understand but uh, I would recommend reading it nonetheless. It's a pretty quick book, but it's a lot you, of fun. I hate when you don't get the ending, though. Yeah, I know. When you're like, what? It was, it was bizarre, but I kind of liked it because mm -hmm. I didn't really understand it. But then again, it was also frustrating that I didn't understand it. But I yeah. still love, I love the book. It's yeah. fascinating. That can happen. It's a very weird idea, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say that's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, oh my gosh, the beginning of the book though is just so funny. It's like he just wakes up and he's like, this ordinary guy is like, oh, I'm thinking in his head, like, I gotta get to work and yada yada. And he's trying to get up and he can't because he's a bug and he's basically on his back <laughs> and he's struggling with all of his little legs and it's it's weird and creepy. But uh, it's, it's, it's a really cool book. <laughs> um, lastly, the book that I would recommend um, anyone to read is kind of another classic-ish book, um, classic author. Um, the Island of Dr. Moru, which is by H.G. Wells. Oh, Moro, sorry. Moro. <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce <laughs> That's it. That's okay. But, um, you know, at least I have Mary Fran here. <laughs> um, by H.G. Wells. And it mm -hmm. follows um, an Englishman named Edward 
Prendick, I think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, anyway, he's a pretty like scientific man. Um, he gets shipwrecked and is picked up by another ship. But then the captain basically forces him to leave and um, he has no other choice but to go to this island with um, uh, a man named Montgomery and later finds out that the island belongs to um, Dr. Moreau, which is um, a doctor who was known for the vivisection of animals and very unethical experiments on animals. So this book is pretty fascinating because you get to follow um, Edward as he uh, kind of slowly discovers um, all these cruel experiments that are going on and he hears like the yelping of the animals and um, very strange things on the island and eventually um, you kind of start to figure out that there's um, these animal-like humanoids living on the island and it's very very creepy and interesting interesting I mean at first I mean that book I has to be 1800s because HG Wells mm -hmm. he wrote like the time machine in those books I believe so I mean that's that's really creative it is for its time and I mean and, and to discuss um, I think what's great is he's discussing unethical practices and what's interesting too is vivisection was um, really debated in England at that time so he was also bringing up a current issue so that was really cool. It's really, I mean, unethical practice, I mean, even with animals, I mean, didn't really come in until the, the 20th century, to be mm -hmm. completely honest. And even that was late in the late in the century. So, I mean, this is this was very ahead of its time, to be honest. Yeah. Kind of shocking. It was a really, really cool book. <laughs> I want to start off my section of this by saying that this was a really, really hard list to make, my favorite books, by, like, narrowing it down to, like, five was yeah. really really <laughs> tough I just have a tough time like like there's always those books you know are in your top but then you're like oh there's always that one left you're like what what do I fill that with like how do I put something above the rest that's always really really difficult um I'm going to start off by talking about my favorite book of all time which is Paradise by Judith McNaught and Paradise is the story of Meredith Bancroft, and she is the daughter, the wealthy daughter of a um, business, uh, he's he's the owner of department stores, famous department stores in Chicago um, is where they're based. And when she's 18, she meets a steel worker named Matt Farrell, and they fall madly in love. And they get married, and um, her father does not approve of him even as they get married, because they got married because she was pregnant. And after that, there's a big twist with the pregnancy, and there's a huge betrayal um, on the part of of, the, of one of the characters. I can't really. I, I I'm gonna blow it if I if I go too far. What happens is they end up getting a divorce because of this huge betrayal, and it comes back, the story comes back 11 years later, and they have thought they were divorced for the last 11 years, and they were not divorced. Oh and she is getting ready to marry someone else, and he is this, um, the, the as she called him, a dirty steel worker at one point that she was married to, has become this um, steel magnate. He's worth millions of dollars. So this guy has kind of outdone everything that everybody ever expected of him, and now it's coming to the point where they have to, you know, figure out this marriage. 
they have to figure out, you know, how to get this quietly so it doesn't become a media fiasco, but can they, I mean, is, is the passion